there's definitely like some some parts we want to cover and we can go in depth but we're also open to going down a rabbit hole and we have that freedom and flexibility to kind of just follow our own curiosity and between the two of us we each find something different or sometimes we find the same thing we're both interested in and so sometimes we just don't have enough time to follow and go down all the rabbit holes we want to go down but um, it's fun that's what I enjoy the most about it is like let's just see where this conversation goes and, and what we discover. Have you ever considered bringing on a co-host for your podcast, someone to riff off of and share the responsibility for producing content, or even to fill in the gaps when you blank out during an interview? This is Bridget Lyons, host of Podcast Ally, and I brought on the co-host of the Copywriter Club to ask all these questions and more. Rob Marsh and Kara Hout launched the Copywriter Club podcast on New Year's Eve 2016. Rob is an expert marketer, writer, and entrepreneur. He's worked as a copywriter, producer, and creative director at various companies, including Franklin Covey, Publicist, and Hewlett Packard. Today, he consults with a variety of wellness and technology companies to create effective landing pages, conversion funnels, and marketing campaigns at Brand Story Copy and Content. He's also the author of the book, Telling Your Brand Story, which you can grab on Amazon. Kira Hug is a conversion copywriter who specializes in personality-driven launch copy. And full disclosure, she's one of Podcast Ally's clients. Kira is best known for helping small business owners package their weird following her signature weird trifecta framework. In a previous life, she was an art major and ended up working with global brands like Estee Lauder companies. She also led the marketing team for startups like ActionalBooks.com and Global Health Nonprofits. Today, Kira refers to herself as a coffee chef. And if you go to her website, kirahog.com, you will see that she dresses the part. She leads a team of multiple copywriters in a flex micro agency focused on personality-driven sales copy for course membership and program launches. Kira and Rob first met within another copywriter community, and they came together to form one of the first podcasts speaking directly to the copywriting niche. In our interview, Kira and Rob share how they found their flow as co-hosts. They go into how they prep for every interview, the balance between planning out the topic for each guest, and how they follow their curiosity during the interviews. We also go into how they manage the logistics of planning episodes with two co-hosts and a guest. Kira and Rob also talked with me very frankly about the balance of serving this community that they're in and that they serve copywriters when they're sometimes in competition with not only their guests, but even each other. This is a really juicy topic that we were able to get into, and they share very generously and frankly all of the benefits and some of the things that they consider while they're producing their show. So without further ado, let's dive into my interview with Rob and Kira. Well, Kira and Rob, I am super excited to have you here today because not only are you professionals in helping people design their voice and brand content and copywriters, but you've also been podcasting since New Year's Eve 2016. You have 170 episodes out at the time that we're doing this recording, and they're all created for a very specific audience, which is other copywriters. So I wanted to take this interview all the way back to the beginning, and I've been wondering, were you ever worried about whether you'd be able to keep the Copywriter Club content fresh when you started the podcast? That's a great question. <laughs> you probably have different answers. I have never been worried about that. Maybe I should have been worried about that. 
Um, I think I was just taking it episode by episode um, with little concern, but Rob, maybe you worried about that more, more than I did. Well, I mean, I don't know that I even had the vision that we would go 170 episodes. I, I don't think that I ever thought that we would stop, but I hadn't stopped to consider like how long this was actually going to go and how many people we would talk to. Um, I do think about it occasionally, like, you know, has the form, like, should we change up something in the format or, you know, are, are we repeating things? And I, I don't think that at least this far that we needed have needed to change, but I'm certainly open to it. You know, if we felt like things were getting stale, but yeah, I don't think when we started out in two, 2016, I don't, I wasn't even thinking that, oh yeah, this will still be a going thing in 2020. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Did you just have like a list of initial people you wanted to talk to and were like, we're going to start here? And how long was that list? Because just to give people listening some context, you do solo episodes, but predominantly you bring on other copywriters or related experts, but mostly copywriters or people in that industry in some way. And so, yeah, I'm wondering, like, did you have this list of people that you're like, these are the people that we want to start with? And that was sort of the goal at the very beginning. Yeah, we did have a list. We, um, I think our initial list maybe had 40 or 50 people on it. A lot of them were just our copywriter friends, people that we had gotten to know, you know, in masterminds and people that we had you know, started to meet in the Facebook group, people that Akira had met before or I had knew about. So we kind of had this list to go off of, uh, but it, we've certainly gone way beyond that initial list now. Yeah, we definitely have people who are kind of our celebrity copywriters that were on our dream list um, that we've slowly invited onto the show. And then there are just people who we meet. And I think a lot of the guests are, have surprised me. I wouldn't have necessarily thought they'd be on our show, but then you meet that person or you hear them on a podcast or you just read their book and you see this connection to what we do as copywriters. And it might be a distant connection, but then you just know it's a perfect fit for the show. So there are a handful of people who are out of the industry that are perfect guests on our show. When you're inviting a guest on or have somebody coming on, do you already know what it is that you kind of want the theme of that interview to be? Or does it emerge more organically through the conversation? Is it a mix? How does that work? So there are definitely people that we invite on because they're going to talk about something specific. You know, we might invite a guest on to talk about, say, SEO copywriting or the imposter complex. Or when we interviewed you, Bridget, on, on our podcast, we wanted to talk about how do you pitch podcasts and because that's a really big thing for our audience. But a lot of times as we talk with our guests, other things will come up. And sometimes that's more interesting than the things that we brought people on to talk about. You know, we've had people mention tragedies in their life or you know, we've talked uh, in, in a few cases about some you know, really difficult human situations. And that wasn't our intention when we brought the people on, but you know, there was a part of their story and that's an interesting thing and maybe something that other people are dealing with. Um, in fact, one episode early on, I remember we uh, had a guest on and she mentioned her struggle with depression. And so we spent a pretty considerable amount of time talking about like, how do you deal with depression as a freelancer working alone you know how did she deal with it and that at least in my mind that wasn't anything that we had planned on talking about but it turned out to be a really good discussion on that kind of a thing Kira you probably you know like have an idea of what you want to talk about when we invite some guests yeah I mean we have we do a lot of research I think we could always do more research before bringing a guest on and again some of them are people we know from our community 
or from our um, the groups that we're in. So we have that idea and we always have questions we send them ahead of time. So I don't think every host does that, but we prep about at least 10 to 15 questions that are really specific that we send to our guests ahead of time so they can prepare. And we also say, hey, we also might not ask any of these questions and we're not trying to trick you. It's just, we follow the conversation. But I think that gives us a really good starting point. So we know like some some parts we want to cover and we can go in depth, but we're also open to going down a rabbit hole and we have that freedom and flexibility to kind of just follow our own curiosity. And between the two of us, we each find something different or sometimes we find the same thing we're both interested in. And so we, I mean, sometimes we just don't have enough time to follow and go down all the rabbit holes we want to go down. But um, it's fun. That's what I enjoy the most about it is like, let's just see where this conversation goes and and what we discover. Yeah. And actually, as you're talking about that, one of the things that struck me as I was doing the research to interview the two of you is how little crosstalk you have while interviewing guests. Like, I think about that a lot that you've co-hosts and a guest, and it just feels a little complicated to me, like who talks when, what's the balance of actual voices coming through. And I was wondering, do you guys work that out ahead of time? Like I'm going to take this topic and you can take that one. Do you have your videos on like how, hand signals? Like yes, how do you yeah. do that? We should, I kind of <laughs> want us to both talk over each other right now by accident. Just Yeah. You want, I can talk <laughs> at the same is, time. So. Well, you- but notice how you stop talking when I talk. So it does, we already know it's not going to happen. It's also, I mean, even just being on this interview with you, I was like, whoa, this is a different dynamic because Rob and I do have a system in place for our show on Zencaster where you can raise your hand. And so we're like good little school children throughout every interview. And we both raise our hand. And I know he's got a question or he's got a follow-up question. And sometimes we forget and it kind of gets me off my game. Um, but we stick to that system and it really helps because there's nothing worse than, you know, people talking over each other and that would just add more editing and sound really sloppy. So that was a concern from the beginning and we figured out that system, it works, but even coming onto this show, I was like, well, how are we going to know if Rob should talk or I should talk, but even just seeing you both on video helps. Yeah. And I, I would just add to that. There have been times when there is crosstalk and we've edited it out. I mean, it does happen occasionally, but we do have a pretty good system. Uh, we don't necessarily start out before the episode and say, you take this or I'll take that. Um, but, uh, and, and I don't think that there's really this conscious effort to make sure that, you know, Rob doesn't ask three questions in a row or Kira doesn't. Um, we really do try to follow the conversation. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll have two or three questions in a row and, or sometimes Kira will. And I'm not really concerned if Kira gets more voice time than I get, or, or I just want to make sure that it's, the interview is really good. And that we're trying to bring out the best information that our guest has to share. Yeah, it's definitely less ego driven at that point. And we also text each other. So we're not doing it now, but we usually do have our phones next to us because there's just, you know, there could be a background sound or we do want to communicate and say, hey, let's go deeper into that. So um, I think there are ways between (laughs) texting and then using some type of system like in Zencaster so that you are clear because there are topics that I know I'll want to go deeper into. But Rob could easily, he doesn't know that. So he could jump to the next topic and then it feels awkward to circle back. Although we do that often. So, um, you know, sometimes we do have to communicate that like, Hey, let's focus on this a bit more. But what's also happened naturally over the past, however many years, three years is that we kind of, I I've found, I don't know if you find this Rob, but like we're in sync a lot of the time now where Rob will ask a question and it's my next question. 
And so um, there is something that's happened over time where I do feel like we kind of both do move in similar directions. Um, and then we also catch ideas uh, maybe that the other person didn't catch. So there, there are benefits to having a co-host for sure. No doubt. Yeah. Every once in a while there's a, you, I'll, I'll blank or, you know, I really don't have a follow-up question to the particular topic. And I'm always kind of happy to see Kara raise her hand at that point and say, oh yeah, I've got a question. I'm like, okay, cool. Because then I can riff off the next thing. Right. And just or the UPS driver shows up and you like, you have to run downstairs real quick. So it, it helps <laughs> you can handle that. <laughs> exactly. That's some podcaster realness right there. I, think. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. And um, I think it's also just really useful to note to people, like we actually have our video on right now and Kira, you had yours turned off and I'm guessing that that <laughs> dynamic you're talking about, you're like, wait, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I did because I thought, well, I thought we were all going to turn it off and um, now I feel left out because you both didn't turn it off, but it, it does help. And when I realize, okay, I, Rob won't see when I want to talk. So um, it does help to have video, but I also get distracted with video. So that's why sometimes um, for our show, we usually don't have video, but it is nice to see your faces. So yeah, I feel that way too. And that was sort of the default I had planned for this, but then I thought there's two of you. I don't know how it would work yeah. if we didn't have video. Yes. I just felt like it would be a nightmare. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the content because I know that you both actually met in a community that you have a lot of contacts within the copywriter community. You have your own copywriter club, like all these different people. And I'm wondering how much influence and input does your own community have on the guests you bring on? So are they asking for people? Are they asking topics? Um, do you solicit that from them? Like how much input do they get into what you do in the podcast? Okay. So um, I would say we, we get a lot of input and we trust them. I don't think we ask for it necessarily just because we have a long line of people we want to, a lineup of people we want to interview. So we haven't come out and actually asked the question, but even the other day, I know, um, Drea uh, Fecht posted about how Ash Amberger has her book coming out and how we should get her on our show. And we've tried to get her on our show before. So she actually like went out and reached out to um, Ash's PR company to, to make that connection. So it's like she went a step beyond and actually helped us get her on the show, which was really meaningful um, to, to get that type of support. And then I think we're just always listening to the community because our business is set up where we have a membership, a paid membership. We have a free Facebook group with 11,000 copywriters. We all have a mastermind group where we're really intimate with those copywriters. Um, we hear about what's happening constantly. So we know like we've got our finger on the pulse of, oh, this person's doing this. That's really interesting. Or this person's teaching this. That sounds like it's different. So I feel like just from our programs and our business model, we have an endless stream of people and topics we could talk about. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to that. There are an occasional thread will will come up in our Facebook group where somebody says, "Hey, can you interview this person?" Or you know, I'm interested in that. But uh, it's really been driven by uh, what Kira and I are seeing, who we're meeting, the kinds of things that we're seeing in the groups, and the people that we want to talk talk to. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love that your community member did that for you. Like that just like warms my heart I know. so much. I know it was great. great. She made the intro and everything. And, and there are a couple other members too, even our, in our mastermind who will say, Hey, there's this person I think you should meet. 
or like they would be good for something. And, and they just know that it's like our type of copywriter and we would just click. And so I, I love those yeah. suggestions. I was also listening because we're recording the beginning of the year and you just did a wrap up of your last year's content. And I thought it was so interesting because you talked about like which of your episodes had the most downloads. You talked about which of the episodes were your favorites. Does that inform who you decide to bring on in the future? Or is that just like good information to have? I didn't know how closely you pay attention to that kind of feedback. And I think Rob, you made the great point that the ones with the most downloads were the ones usually earlier in the year because there's more chance to listen to them. Yeah. I mean, download numbers are affected by the amount of time that they've been out, right? So that, I'm not sure that that's a great way to judge popularity, at least within a single year, maybe after two or three years it is. Um, but we don't necessarily, at least I don't necessarily look at it and say, oh, that was a really popular episode. We should do more about you know, that topic. Um, I, maybe, maybe we should. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe that's our audience saying, hey, talk more about this. But there's just so much to talk about in the world of copywriting. And, and I'm interested in some things that maybe Kira is not interested in. Kira brings in guests and ideas that there's no way I would have thought about just because we're so different and we approach things in very different ways. And I think that that mix actually helps make our podcast just a little bit better. So, you know, it's not always focused on the kinds of things that Kara wants to talk about or the kinds of things that I want to talk about. And occasionally even, you know, our guests will bring up things that, you know, that neither one of us had even thought about. And so um, I just, I, I think that constantly looking for something new or different or someone new, even if the topic may not be different, has just helped keep our content a little fresh. Yeah. And when you talk about the fact that there's so many topics in copywriting you can cover, one of the things that I find really beautiful about your podcast, and in fact, your entire business model is that you both work as copywriters and yet you fearlessly bring in other experts to talk to your community. And in fact, that's what everything is built off of this idea that you're bringing together various experts and voices and resources. And it's not just you two, you know, with a spotlight all the time. And that is something that I think is really special, but and also fearless of you both to do that and to position yourselves that way. And I'm sure that's why your community is, you know, willing to go out on a limb for you and make introductions or, you know, so active in, in the Facebook group you have or the paid membership. You know, I think it's just a really beautiful model and that you're giving to people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I think it's worked well, um, and we were intentional about that from the beginning. We didn't want it to be the Rob and Kira show, even when we were just getting started. We we're just very clear, like this is, of course, we have the podcast and there are aspects of it where we're going to show up and teach, but we want the community to be about everyone. And also, I just don't think it works as well if it is the Rob and Kira show. And it's all, I mean, that doesn't fit our personalities. I don't even think we know how to do that. Half the time we're like, how do we show up more? Because we just like to stay hidden. Um, but I think because it's just all about how do we all rise up together and we both believe in that and like believe that generosity pays off and it has, it's paid off in our businesses. So I think just once you believe and buy into that, that message and you live it like, Hey, we're all better off together. Um, I think people start to pick up on that and I think people have picked up on that and it's just genuine. Like it just, it does work and it works. If you look at the other copywriters who are successful, they're typically ones that are also giving and supporting and mentoring others too. 
Yeah, we invited a guest on uh, to our show a while back who has a group that you could consider, you know, competitive. He has a paid membership and another Facebook group. And uh, he told me before we invited him on that, uh, and I was a member of his Facebook group, that he was he was kind of thinking of like booting us out because he didn't, you know, <laughs> want us looking at his stuff and duplicating it. We invited him onto the podcast. We had a great discussion. Um, and afterwards he posted in his group, you know, that he kind of had a mind shift, uh, a mindset shift, you know, where he was thinking he needed to keep like things protected and that we actually are all in this together. We can support each other, even if we have products or services that might be competitive with other people. So, you know, our business is built around teaching copywriting, but we certainly bring on you know, lots of copywriters who are, who are, you know, have their own courses. Maybe they do their own mentorship. Maybe, you know, they do programs and things that um, could compete or actually do compete. And I just think that people who resonate with those people are going to gravitate to those people. And the people who resonate with us will gravitate to us. And we can expand the pie for everybody by talking with everybody and talking about all these ideas in general and, and together. And I, I just don't think that we've ever been afraid to say, yeah, if you want to learn from you know, a guest, go to their website or go to their program. Uh, we'll, we often promote those programs. Yeah. It's an interesting mix though, because it sounds very like Kumbaya and like, Everyone gets along and we do. And I think the reason this is the the message and this is the way we operate is because we genuinely like other copywriters. Like we all hang out, even with your biggest competitor, you oftentimes like them and want to hang out and like have, have a drink with them. So, um, but we're also competitive. Like I'm super competitive. Rob's competitive. We're competitive with each other most of the time. Um, and we know lots of other copywriters who are competitive. So it's an interesting mix of like, yes, we can rise up together yes, we should support each other, collaborate, but we're also competitive and we have businesses and, and money to make in our businesses. So how does that all work together? Um, and I think it's sometimes it's not as easy to just operate in that way. And you kind of have to feel like, okay, well, where, when is it too much, right? Like when do we actually need to sit down and set a strategy and say this month we're promoting our program, we can't promote your program. So I think there is a balance there, but we try to do as much and like help other people as much as we can without completely demolishing our business. <laughs> yeah, I see that where when you have, for instance, your TCC IRL, right? The Copywriter Club in real life, you do solo, well, solo duo episode with the two of you and you talk about that event. And so I would imagine then that if another copywriter is having an event in a similar time frame, they're probably not going to make it on the podcast right then. Right, right, exactly. And I mean, um, but even so, even like this month while we're promoting our membership, we've promoted probably like two or three other programs that could be competing. Um, but again, I just don't think our success hinges on not helping others. I feel like if we're going to be successful, it's because we're going to be successful and we're doing a lot of other right things too. And I think that goes back to maybe a little bit about your actual training and helping people position and differentiate themselves, right? I mean, like there is a lot of that where, um, you do help your own clients do differentiation. And, you know, I'm a person who with the background in public relations, I've done a ton of messaging work with people as well. And we all know that sometimes we have clients that come to us that like maybe aren't that differentiated and you have to dig deep and work harder to find that point for them. And I think too, if you have that experience already, then when you bring it into your podcast and your business together, you're kind of able, I think, to have that look of like, there is no competition. I create my own niche. I carve it out to myself. And 
I, I'm wondering if you have any sort of advice to another podcaster who's entering a market like yours that is pretty competitive and, you know, there's other copywriter um, podcasts out there, you know, and I'm sure there were when you started, but maybe not as many, but, you know, what would you tell somebody entering a market like that who wants to stand out with their podcast and their content? That is a really good question. Um, yeah, when we started our podcast, there were a couple of existing copywriter podcasts, but there wasn't anybody that was doing only what we were doing. Uh, I think, you know, we're pretty much interview based and most others, you know, had their own discussions or um, they might do an interview here or there, but they were also teaching. That's not the case now. There are several uh, podcasts that have entered since we started three years ago and some really good ones, you know, some that I listen to and, and think, hey, maybe we should have that guest on our show, those kinds of things. Um, I, I would just say, like, know what you're thinking and, and going to talk about on your show. Like, we are really focused on copywriters and the business of copywriting. So, you know, everything from the craft to marketing yourself to even the background business stuff that, you know, a lot of copywriters don't think about, you know, accounting, legal issues, you know, how do you set up your business? Um, and, and we've kept that focus, even when we bring in extra guests that aren't necessarily copywriters, but uh, it's almost always to teach something or to talk about something that will benefit our audience in a very specific way. Uh, and, and we haven't really drifted from that over almost 180 episodes that we've recorded. Everything that we do is really about that audience. Yeah, I'd also add that, you know, you bring your own secret sauce to it, right? So first it's like your personalities. Even if you're an interview show like ours, we still share our personalities. And like, even it's a combination of like, what do you get with Rob and Kira together? Um, so that's something that you bring. You shouldn't hide it. Um, you don't necessarily want to take over an interview show, but you got you got to like be yourself throughout it. Um, and that gets easier with time as you get more practice. And then I think part of it too is like, what can you do and what guests is, this is more for interview shows, but what guests can you bring on that no one else is talking to in your niche and your, your category. So there are definitely guests that we've brought on that I know are competitive podcasters would never bring on or they hadn't brought on yet. And that's great. That's like that it shapes our show. So it starts to feel unique. So I think part of it's like going offline to just continue to meet interesting people, to continue to learn, to follow your own interests. So when you're like interested in something that's totally unrelated to copywriting, you can find a little trail and connect the dots. And that becomes, then it becomes your own and no one else can replicate that. And then I think the third piece is like just starting to trust yourself and trusting your instinct when you do feel that pull to interview a certain person or like to talk about a certain topic or to even like modify the structure of a particular interview, just to go with the flow of that person you're interviewing, just to start to like trust yourself, um, which takes time too. But once you reach that point, it feels like you kind of can own your show. It becomes you, it be, then people know you for that show and it just is distinct. You know, one other thing I think that we should mention, you know, with us, and this won't be right for everybody, but we talk to copywriters of all skill levels. You know, we're not only interested in talking to the, the experts who have made millions of dollars because uh, even though those people have a lot of really good things to teach, oftentimes that's not the person that you can learn from. You know, sometimes you want to talk to somebody who's in their first year and they're struggling and, you know, like they're literally scratching out a living, you know, cold emailing or, you know, doing these really difficult things. And we want to talk to those copywriters too, because there's a lot to 
we can need to learn from, from, you know, it's not just beginners that will learn from them, but everybody can learn about their experience, about what they bring and some of the things that they're doing. Um, and so we, we really want that whole breadth, uh, which is maybe a little bit different for our show than most. I just, I would love that point so much because it actually kind of gets back to the premise of why I've started my own podcast, which is this idea that on the one hand, I know that podcasters who do interview shows, bringing on big names is a way to build up your audience, right? And we can't ignore that. That's important. You want people to find and discover and listen to your podcast. Of course you do. On the other hand, good content is about the story and the connection and what people are going to take away. And if you're only focusing on who's the person with the biggest platform, first of all, exactly what's going to differentiate your podcast from another one. Everybody is kind of doing that same circuit over and over again. So why would they pick yours? There might be something about how you interview that differentiates you, but it's going to be harder. Um, and then I think just this idea that right? You can learn from all kinds of different people and, and figuring out what's really interesting to you and keeping that audience at the forefront. I just think that's like really what creating good content is all about. And I just love that you both went there and, and said that it's just like, it, my heart is like fluttering right now. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you can, you can drift away and again, trust your gut and find diverse audience or uh, guests for your show. But it all comes back to what you said. You have to, when you're in the interview, you constantly have to ask yourself, like, is this relevant to copywriters? Do they care about this before I ask the next question? Or even what we're talking about now, is this relevant to copywriters? So it's like, you can get creative and follow your instincts and ask wild questions and go off topic, but you constantly have to come back to your audience and like, is, do they care about this? Will this help them ultimately? Even if this is helping me right now, will this help them? Yeah. And one of the things that I've learned, you know, every once in a while we'll have a guest that, uh, you know, cures, cures arranged to bring on. And I'm thinking, why are we talking to this person? Like, is it going to be helpful? I might even, even, even after the interview, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm not so sure about this. And then the response back that we'll get from people in the audience is, Oh, that was actually a really good interview. And so it, it's a wake up call to me that I don't always, I'm not the, always the best filter for our audience. You know, what I want to learn is not always what everybody who listens to our podcast wants to learn. And so having that breadth actually is quite important. And, you know, it, it exposes me to new ideas, new things. Uh, so personally, it's probably good for me, but uh, I'm not the only listener that, <laughs> that our podcast has. And so we need to pay attention to that too. And I think Kira is really good at sensing some of those, uh, some of my blind spots and finding guests who can talk about some of that stuff. Huh. I find that so interesting. And yeah, that idea that it's just, it's not about you. It's all about the, the audience. Um, I think this brings up a couple of the last questions I want to ask, which are about kind of interview skills as they've evolved. So when you're talking about this, it's just really made me wonder, like, do you feel like that ability really evolved? I'm sure it has almost 200 episodes in from the kinds of questions you asked in the beginning to the kinds of questions you ask now. And I particularly want to know if there's a couple, one or two questions that you feel like really spark a good conversation. Yeah. So it's interesting that you would ask this because if you go back and listen to the first 10 episodes, I think uh, you'll hear Kira asking really good questions and Rob asking really terrible questions. And as I, you know, like I, I used to do all of the editing for, for our show. And so, you know, after we would record, I'd be listening to them as I, you know, cutting them up. And, uh, it sort of dawned on me that, you know, we would have an interview and I was kind of going through the list of questions that we would send out and Kira would, would follow the conversation where it was going. And 
somewhere around episode nine or 10, I thought, Kira asks really good questions. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Why is that? And it's because it, I think there's a couple of reasons for it. One is that Kira listens to our guests. And, and so I've definitely had to learn that skill. But Kira also brings something um, to, the, to the table that is like one of her superpowers. And she's not judgmental of anybody. She's accepting of everybody. And I think that opens her up to hear things in conversations that I miss. That is, that's definitely not one of my superpowers. Right? So um, I've actually had to learn a lot from the way she asks questions and the way that she listens to evolve my interviewing skills. I'm not sure that I'm a professional at this point. I still think you know I miss things that maybe Kira would pick up on. Uh, but yeah, my skills have definitely evolved. And I, it's in part because I've had such a good partner who's already doing this well, that's helped me. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Aww. Um, I would just say, I think I, I felt comfortable, like Rob said, listening from the beginning, but I think the confidence is what grows and it's for new podcasters, like just know that you will start to feel more confident, even if you don't right now, that you will start to trust the questions you're asking. Cause we all have those questions in the back of our mind when we're listening. Um, and sometimes we feel like we can't ask them or maybe, uh, we shouldn't ask them. And so I feel more confident now where I will ask and I will ask even more personal questions, even though it's a professional show, knowing that before every interview, we ask the guest, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And I think by asking that question, that really does make it easy for us to go anywhere we want, knowing those parameters or you know lack of parameters. So um, I think for me, it's just knowing that I've had positive feedback from Rob, just like, hey, do ask good questions. So I just continue to build off that. How can I ask better questions? How can I ask the question that the listener is probably asking but um, can't ask? Or even the question that feels nosy about money. Oftentimes for us, it is about money. And even though our show isn't necessarily just money focused like some shows, we do want to talk about it because it is something that copywriters oftentimes don't talk about. It's something that many of us struggle with. So I think just even that's something I can get better at is like, asking those hard, uncomfortable questions about money and how we're actually doing this. And then also following um, those breadcrumbs because your guest will leave them. Your guest will say something, especially in the initial story. And we always start with their story. They will say things and they will drop clues and you can just follow them or you can pass over them and go to your next question. Sometimes you should just go to the next question, but sometimes there's like something really interesting in there that they may not even realize they said. And so can you follow up with that and like find that story before you move on? Oh my gosh. I just wrote that down. Like, is there anything that you don't want to cover? Because I think that is a really great conversation. And this isn't like, you know, a gotcha kind of interview format the most of our podcasts, right? It's like, you really do want people to feel comfortable and like they can share. Um, I love that. And I'll just end by saying this, that, you know, I listened back to your episode zero. So your trailer episode and Kira, you outright said you expected all the interviews in the start to be awkward. You even invited people to skip ahead. For I did. You did. Wow. I need to listen to that. I remember that. It, yeah. it was <laughs> awful. And actually I have to say, I can relate to that starting my own podcast, that feeling, although I'm so excited about my initial guests, I do not skip any of these episodes. <laughs> Just skip this episode. <laughs> it's not about me. Um, but I'm wondering how long did it take you to feel like you were hitting your stride and finding your voice and finding that confidence? I'd love to hear from each of you to, to wrap this up. Have we hit our stride? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we're not there yet. I don't know. 
I do feel like it, it does take practice because we have had times where we don't interview for a while, like even maybe a month might be the longest and you get out of the rhythm and it's almost like you just have to practice to stay in it. So um, I'd say like, even if you're batching, maybe, maybe you should batch more frequently. So it's, you're not out of it where you feel like it's, it's foreign to you again. But I don't, I'd say like roughly, I don't know, 15 to 20 shows, maybe like 50 shows until I really felt comfortable. And like, I kind of was more confident in it. Maybe that's too many. What would you say, Rob? Yeah. I mean, I, again, I know the first 10 episodes or whatever, I was a little rough in my questioning. I think we've gained a little bit of confidence as we've gone on and we've definitely, at least I've definitely gotten better at questions. I don't know that I'm a hundred percent there yet. I'm definitely a better listener with our guests. Um, I think that our interviews have gotten better. You know, I think, you know, maybe those first 20 or so, not any fault of the guests, but because, you know, we, we were maybe not uh, quite there yet, but um, I think our, our podcasts have gotten a lot better since that maybe first two or three months that we were doing it. Yeah. But you still, you know, you started and you did those interviews and I think that's also just important. Yeah. And it's also fun because you can always get better. I think that's why podcasting is so addictive. It's like, even if you have the same format and you're not changing your show, you can always get better. We can always get better at asking questions or just, um, pulling the questions together. Sometimes I feel like when I ask the question, it does not come out clearly or like it's jumbled in my head and I can't get it out in an elegant way. So like that could be something that I work on so that the question is clear. Um, but there's always just room for growth in podcasting, which is what makes it addictive. Yeah. I can't count the number of times I've asked a question. And then my next immediate thought is, wow, that was a horrible, horribly (laughs) asked, horribly phrased, stupid question. And yet people still answer them, you know, so we still get good answers. They have to, it's sad. They have to answer. We we ask bad questions and then they have to answer. So sometimes I'll ask five questions in one and I'm just like, that is the the worst thing you can do as a host. (laughs) Well, I will say as a listener, I do not notice that. I'm sure most people, you know, don't, we always self judge so harshly. And I did a speech training a few years ago and it was for, you know, giving talks on stage. But one of the things I was told is that when you evaluate yourself, you should watch three times because one time you're going to criticize how you sound, the second time it's going to be how you look, and then the third time you'll hear your presentation as the audience. And I think that's also, yeah, it's really powerful that our brain goes to that self-criticism first. Um, and that's a useful tool, right, for learning and growing, but I think just knowing that can help. Well, and along those lines, if you struggle with that, so I think Rob, again, he was editing our show, so he had to listen to it repeatedly, but it helps Rob because I know he would come to me and he's like, oh, I, I do this a lot. I should cut that out. And he was correcting himself along the way, whereas I don't like to listen to myself. So I feel like I'm also forgiving of that because if I had listened to myself early on, I might've just stopped mm-hmm. podcasting. I might've just been like, I don't like how I sound. This isn't for me. I'm going to give up. So for me, I didn't want to listen for a while. And then at a certain point I was like, okay, now it's time to listen and just figure out how you can improve and then stop listening again. So every once in a while, like every quarter I can listen and improve, but I don't want to do it on a regular basis. Yeah, that makes sense. You just have to protect your own energy, knowing yourself, knowing yourself and what you're going to do. Oh my gosh. Well, I just loved being able to talk to both of you. So thank you so much for carving out the time today. 
And I would urge everyone listening to go check out, if you haven't already, the Copywriter Club podcast. And you can find that at their website, which is thecopywriterclub.com. You can download it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, and also at that site, you can get more information about their free Facebook. Ah! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> My first real stutter. Their free Facebook community, um, their paid membership, their events. So definitely go check out the site. And then you can find Rob and um, information about the work he does at brandstoryonline.com and Kira at kirahug.com. And I'll put all of this in the show notes because it's a mouthful. Um, but thank you both so very much for joining and spilling all of your interview secrets today. Thank you for having us. It was fun to geek out on podcasting. Well, that is a wrap on my interview with Rob Marsh and Kira Hug of the Copywriter Club. If you enjoyed this episode, I do hope that you will subscribe to this podcast and also leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps a new show like ours get discovered when you leave us a rating and review and also when you subscribe. Lastly, before you go, there is a mini-sode with Rob and Kira in your feed. It's called How to Pitch the Copywriter Club. Rob and Kira accept guests onto their podcast, and they generously agree to talk with me about how you can pitch them, the do's and don'ts of approaching the Copywriter Club if you want to be a guest and speak to them and to their audience. So if that's interesting to you, please check that up in our feed. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next week.